Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. We're back. Good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan here until 6pm for our first sports show in nearly five months. What a show we have tonight. GAA is finally back as the Cork Football Championships are underway with a whole host of games across the weekend. Jer McCarthy will round up all the action first and we'll get a reaction from those involved in some of the games including from the bars and Clonakilty camps plus we'll preview tomorrow's action as well we hear from Cork City boss Neil Fenn and the returning Graham Cummins as the League of Ireland season resumes next weekend and we look ahead to an absolutely huge day of action in the Premier League tomorrow Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It feels good to be able to say that. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I remember sitting here back in the end of uh, February was last weekend I was on because I was actually off the first weekend of March and then everything just shut down the following weekend and we put the show off air for months. Well, we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, but it ended up being nearly five months. So we're back. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you, along with Ger McCarthy this evening. Ger is a freelance journalist, contributes to us here at Red FM, does her Lady Foot ladies football podcast uh, does some work with the Irish Examiner and the Southern Star and the Evening Echo and so on as well Joe you're very welcome uh, thanks very much it is brilliant to be here uh, like you said it's been a long five months but now we're back we are back exactly uh, it was Tomás O'Leary was here with me the last show I did and most of that show was dominated by us having a discussion about possibilities of sports shutting down and certain things being postponed and games being called off and the Ireland and Italy game had just been postponed that, that week in the Six Nations and even that alone was a big thing and there was talk of some Premier League games being postponed and things which obviously came to pass but we were looking down the line we thought this would be a couple of weeks or whatever at the time we didn't think it was going to go on for as long as it has and for as long as it will go on um, uh, we're talking ahead to things like the Olympics and the Euros and I remember I actually listened back to the show the other day I remember saying the Olympics will be fine so that's ages away uh, so that's that, that should be on now at the moment that's not happening obviously uh, the Euros is postponed until next year the Premier League went and came back in the meantime uh, GAA is only starting this weekend so it's been the strangest time in the history of sport ever, I would think, sir. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's just great to have it back and for us to finally be back in air. Yeah, I mean, there's never been any time like it when everything has gone for the length of time that you mentioned there. And it also just re-emphasizes how important sport is in people's lives. And most of the people like yourself and myself, Colm, and all sports fans just want to get back to normality. Yeah. And it's slowly happening. And now we've had an explosion of sport. Loads to talk about. And the big red bench is going to be a big part of that. It certainly is because we've loads to talk about tonight. Uh, and it's great because uh, the Cork Football Championship's underway. There's been loads of games uh, already today and so on. And there's more games across the weekend. And we have Cork City. Uh, I was out in the training ground on Thursday with Neil Fenn and the players and everyone's in good form there they had a, a difficult start to the season so you'll be hoping the break will have done Cork City good so we'll hear from the Cork City camp later on too and tomorrow is a big day in the Premier League it's the final day of the Premier League season on the 26th of July did you ever think we'd be saying that that's normally kind of when it's just about starting back up again <laughs> so uh, it's finishing tomorrow and then starting again on the 12th of September so a couple of things up for grabs tomorrow to play for in the Premier League in terms of the relegation battle who's going to go the last place with the relegation 
relegation and of course the top four have you any allegiances now for that top four spot Ger? Um my allegiance is with Tottenham Hotspur right, they're not getting it <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, as Jose said he's champion of the last five matches so I'll take that at the moment if that's all he's offering Jose would put a good spin on anything <laughs> wouldn't he uh, alright we'll start with GAA because we have loads of GAA stuff to get through and as we said um, the Bon Secures uh, Cork Football Championships uh, back this weekend and they got underway last night and uh, right across the day today there's been loads of games that's one I'm going to let you do a big roundup for us please Cheers. Well, I suppose from last night, uh, the, the big headlines, Nemo Rangers uh, got things underway with a 3-8-1-9 win over Valley Rovers and Luke Conley stole the shore there with 2-3 um, from the Cork forward. A fantastic individual performance and a good win for Nemo. Um, a game that was streamed live on the Irish Examiner website and was very well done by Colin O'Connor and Brian Cuthbert on, mm. uh, on comms, I think, and just the slick production of the whole lot of it was really good. Yeah, and they're doing the uh, the game this evening Bishop as well, they, and Bishop Stone and, and Douglas, so uh, looking forward to seeing that as well. But uh, it's a great service, that is really, isn't it? It is, and the fact that, uh, unlike the other Munster counties, uh, Cork have, are doing it for, or the Examiner are doing it for free, which I think yeah. is very important at the moment because there's lots of games and there's lots of streams, but it was really good, it was really well done, well produced last night, and it was good to see it again. It was just great to see a football it, match back. It's important at the moment because obviously there's limits on the number of people who can get to games and most people want to see them so the streaming is vital it is and the one thing you want you want to keep your, your supporters engaged yeah. you said that everybody wants to get in over the gate but you just can't I passed Bandon on the way here today for the Clonic Carrigaline game and I could see people up on walls outside Charlie <laughs> looking in already getting their best vantage point look it's great to have it back yeah. but at the same time we have to understand that there's still restrictions and uh, understandably so because we're still not out of it just yet but what last night in the production and the streaming allowed was people at home who mightn't get to the game an Absolutely. opportunity to see it and they got to see a really good game as well it faded towards the end but an important win for St Finbar's 113 to 10 points um, I suppose the goal by Owen McGreevy it came from a defensive mix-up, but it proved a turning point and the Bars look good and I think uh, that's an important win for them to get their season up it certainly is, yeah um, as well as that on Friday night it was a very busy night Bandon uh, got their Senior A Football Championship campaign off to a flyer uh, against Clyde Rovers they won one twelve to 6 points Mark Sugru showing up there with 7 points and Mark O'Regan getting the goal and the Intermediate A Football Championship Aha Bullock had a point to spare over Kildari with Ian Barry Murphy and Dave Thompson scoring the important goals there and Kilshanig uh, the uh, County Junior Champions from the previous year at the O'Hanlons Aina and Killian very prominent in the two eighteen to 14 point win and if we could just go back to Aha Bullock um, they beat Kildari by a point but mm-hmm. their Twitter account at Abolic GAA yeah. have to give hat tip to them I mean I, I retweeted it last night they put up a graphic of their players and their positions against a, a, a really well designed backdrop it looked ultra professional I, I called it on the Twitter um, Sky Sports-esque I was going to say that's Sky Sports kind of stuff isn't it it yeah. is but it looked really really good something like eight, 9,000 impressions I got right. from it like, and that's just an example Like something small that clubs can do like that it makes it look really professional fair play to them because it, it is very well put together and more importantly than anything obviously they got the win but they are reaching out to their uh, through the social media channels which all clubs have to do at the moment now and that's really, really important as well because it's a way for clubs to connect with their supporters and with their members and with their locality and to do it in, as you say, a professional way and a kind of a stylish way because you want to make it be a, seem appealing to people as well. Well, I call it Sky Sports-esque. I'm aware that there's a term called Hagen-esque or Hagen-esque, Hagen-esque even <laughs> on this show. Um, but it, it just stood out and people react to that. You see, yeah. people like to see something like that and I think other clubs might follow suit and the same goes with the streaming. A lot of clubs did their own streaming today. Um, I watched the stream of the Clonic Kilty Carrigan game. I watched some of the Aeroge Bantry Blues game varying in quality and in size but look it's there and people get a chance There's to watch. a cost factor involved in that for clubs as well. There is and at a time when clubs don't have a lot of money and that's a yeah. very good point because a lot of clubs are struggling for funds and they want to get fans in when it's safe to do so and supporters back in but right now I think keeping that 
uh, that link with your with your supporters is absolutely vital. And we saw we saw it today with so many clubs going on with their own with their own streaming exercises. Absolutely. Um, I'll just quickly on um, yeah. from this afternoon, Clonakilty got um, got their uh, Premier Senior Football County Championship off to a flare. They beat Carrigaline one twelve to eight points with David O'Regan scoring the all important goal. Airog uh, defeated Banshee Blues thirteen to six with uh, Daniel Goulding contributing eight points in that victory. Um, Mallow were defeated two eleven to one eleven by Kishkame in the same Senior A Football Championship. And finally, um, O'Donovan Ross at the Skibreen Club getting off to an absolute flyer, big win for them over St Nick's. And very importantly, they scored four goals in that Dunlog hard that scored two and he can set up the other two and he's coming back from a long term injury it's good news for Skib and it's great news for Cork Fantastic thanks Ger well as we said fixtures are back football is back hurling will be back soon as well and uh, we do have reaction from some of those games from the Bars camps the Clonakilty camp at Swan to come for you in a few minutes but with everything underway there's plenty happening across the weekend in the Premier Senior and Senior A Football Championships um, and there's going to be so much happening GA wise between the Cork County Championships over the next couple of months and then heading into inter-county stuff down the line as well as we head towards the back end of the year and towards uh, possible uh, all-Ireland finals at Christmas time which will be fun as well Rory during the week caught up with Cork County Board Chairperson Tracy Kennedy after months of uncertainty about GAA due to COVID-19 they talked uh, many topics including sponsorship including reduced crowd capacity um, and uh, also the new improved group format for the county championships Okay Tracy Kennedy obviously um, excitement I guess building ahead of the start of the championships this weekend but first off um, sponsorship announced yesterday Bon Secours Hospital uh, seems like a big deal for both parties Yes, it's absolutely fantastic, Rory. We're delighted to have Bonscor on board as sponsors of our football championships. We wouldn't have had any sponsors for the last number of years, so it's particularly exciting. And to work with, I suppose, a partner who's so much part of Cork life as the Bonds is, is particularly fitting for our football championships. So we're all delighted. And the streaming package announced yesterday as well, and I suppose the most important point to that was that it was going to be free for Cork supporters as well, which is a huge plus for fans. That's right, and we're delighted that the examiner is offering it uh, free of charge. It's an opportunity, I suppose, for a few more of our games to be seen by fans, particularly um, at the time when the crowd limitation is in place. That means so many people won't get to games. You've voiced your frustration about that this week, Trace, about the 200 capacity, and it's been kind of echoed around the country. Um, Obviously, with it being reduced from 500 down to 200 was a massive blow for you. It was, yeah, because we were expecting it to be going to 500 ahead of this weekend's games. That was the reason we didn't avail of the first weekend that we could have, because we were conscious that so many people wouldn't be able to see our games. But uh, yeah, so it was a big blow. We were kind of preparing, gearing up for the 500, and disappointing that we have to stay at 200, especially when we feel that we could accommodate our spectators very safely. Um, But that is the situation that pertains now when we have put in place a ticketing system. And I suppose I really do want to stress to people, do not turn up at a match without a ticket because unfortunately that just puts pressure on the people at the gate who'd have to turn you away our matches are all ticket and there are no tickets for sale at any venues Have you heard any talk about any budging on that 200 limit or is it all just being kind of, that's basically it? We haven't heard anything but I certainly hope it is being considered somewhere because we would love to see it changing as soon as possible. Tracy, putting together this fixture list I can't imagine uh, wasn't easy I'd imagine a lot of hard work and a lot of late nights went into it Yes, and I suppose great credit to our County Secretary, Kevin O'Donovan, and Mark Sheehan, who's the chair of our CCC, who would have done a lot of the legwork on putting the fixture list in place. Um, and particularly, Kevin would have put many hours into it. So, yeah, it's it's great credit to them that we have such a comprehensive list of fixtures. And we're delighted to have the opportunity to be able to offer our clubs a meaningful programme of games in a year when maybe we thought there wouldn't be any.
The, um, the group format, I've been talking to a couple, of, uh, a couple of clubs this week and the group format seems to have gone down very, very well. Yeah, I suppose everybody is going to get at least, you know, three championship games anywhere. We hope they will. And that's a, an increase in what we'd normally have had. And we were looking forward to this exciting new championship this year. Then we were worried it wouldn't go ahead. So we really hope now that it can go ahead safely over the next few weeks. Yeah, I was going to say that. I imagine there was a time during lockdown, especially when John Horne was saying there's going to be no Gaelic games in 2020, that you were thinking like there's going to be no championship this year. We did have those fears. Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me in May, I would have said it was a very small chance of getting any championships played. But I think the GA had always made it clear that they would play club championships if any window arose that they were going to prioritise the playing of club championships. So I'm delighted to see that that did happen and we have a reasonable window to get our club championships played. So hopefully everything uh, in terms of COVID-19 and so on, hopefully we're not any more affected by that and that we do get to, to go ahead with our programme of games. Yeah, I was going to say it's obviously a very, very fluid situation. That doubt, I suppose, must always be in the back of your mind that this could flare up again. Yeah, of course, yeah, and you know anything we do will be governed by the national public health advice because certainly the last thing we want to do is put anyone's health at risk. We we have said that from the very beginning. This is a, a public health emergency situation we find ourselves in, and if it becomes at any stage unsafe to go ahead with our program of games, then obviously we won't do so. And Trace, I'd imagine trying to find the balance of the club competitions and giving um, the intercounty teams enough time to prepare for their own championships must have been quite difficult. It was difficult, but again, you know, the GA was very clear on when intercounty training could uh, resume and that gives us the opportunity to have, uh, you know, a lot of teams will be out of championship by the time the intercounty teams resume and we think they have a reasonably good run into their championship games. The, the hurlers and footballers have, have um, four weeks and five weeks respectively, I think, run into their monthly championship games. So we think we have struck a fair balance and our managers have been very cooperative and supportive in all of this as well. Just finally, Tracy, while I have you, the death of uh, Kieran O'Connor has been felt not just in Ahada but all over Cork and, and nationwide. He, his death has had a, a significant impact on the GA community as a whole. Definitely, like Kieran was somebody who was, you know, very popular as a player and as a person. And we saw over the last few years our whole GA community rally around him hugely during his illness. And you know, he he dealt with that illness so courageously and bravely as he always did when he was a player. So there was a huge wave of sadness, I think, across the GA world. Uh, when Kieran sadly passed away and our sympathies and condolences to his wife Sinead and all his family and his friends and everybody who mourns him. And our sympathies and condolences there as well to the family of Kieran. Uh, very, very sad news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that was Tracy Kennedy, the Cork County Board Chairperson, chatting to Roar about the return of GAA and uh, a couple of interesting points there, Jerry, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing for, for Cork and I think for Cork is first of all that it's back, as you said, exactly, yeah, um, yeah. and that it's back in a... In in a safe and restricted environment obviously with all the protocols and it's great that we're getting to see live streams of the games as we were just talking yeah. about there as well but I think more importantly for Cork and we, we spoke about it off air the clubs having access to their club players yeah. is a it's big, huge big massive, isn't it it's massive like, I mean you yeah. can't like I'll give an example clinical team of four or five inter-county players between the under-20s and between the, uh, the senior and they would not normally have those apart from a couple of league matches and yeah. then just before championship they've had them non-stop for the training in the lead into this now, whatever amount of training they managed to do, and it's the same for all the other teams, and it is a big, big change. Hopefully, my hope would be is that they would keep or look at this calendar because I think it works. Yeah, you know, club force then intercounty. Yeah. I think it makes an awful lot of sense. There are obviously financial implications for doing that, and I understand and respect that, and there's an alternative view to that. But I think it's very important for Cork, for Cork intercounty football. I think it works. Do you and think it could change things going forward, or is there going to be two camps here on this? 
I think the, I'll politely answer that and say there's going to be two camps <laughs> and uh, I know I can't buy them in but look I think everybody wants what's best for Cork football and hurling yeah, so course, I never, uh, I've never mentioned hurling there the hurling fraternity will be after me again um, <laughs> again again yeah <laughs> I, I tend to say all about football but look the big thing is that you know clubs are comfortable with the new setup players are, are happy with it and it's all done in a safe environment within the protocols but look it, it, we started we're up and running and it, we've got games back and that's the most important thing from a fan's point of view Absolutely Alright uh, we'll go back to some of the action over the weekend then and get some reaction to some of the games that have already been played and the Bars St. Finbars got off to a winning start in their Premier Senior Football Championship campaign last night against Ballon Colleague Andrew Horgan caught up with Bars manager Paul O'Keefe after the game in Porky Ring and he seemed very happy Happy with the win? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I thought we kind of made hard work of it at times, um, but I was really happy with our work rate and uh, looked to get out with six points in the first round. Uh, that's mission accomplished, you know, number one, so delighted. Ah, yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a desperate goal, like, uh, but you could take them, you know. Um, and, you know, I think when we went down to 14 men from the black card, I think we kind of switched on, you know, but it was, it was very kind of tent to the start. But again, look, that's kind of what you were worried about coming in with the whole COVID setup, you know, so, but look. Uh, we kind of got into the swing of it after that and I, I was just talking to Tomas doing our stats he said uh, I think Bellingcolic didn't score from play from the 15 minute onwards which kind of uh, which I was shocked at because I just thought it was much closer than that And um, but uh, look you know when we're doing that kind of work in defence you know it all, it all kind of worked out on the night I, I, I suppose like, you'd have to have faith like, you know we've a lot of experienced players there are a lot of experienced championship players and you were kind of waiting like the first kind of 15 minutes I was waiting for it to kind of kickstart and kind of as the game went on I was get, getting more worried we kind of got are we, are we going to have one of those nights where we're just flat you know, and then you know I suppose the black card we kind of just seemed to, to you know turn over a new leaf and, and get going which was great you know so we take it I think we'd maybe three or four wides at the very start like that would have made it you know that would have really put the pressure on um, and probably made life an awful lot easier for us but yeah like some of our decision making up front uh, wasn't great and just some of our shot selection just didn't come off and you know just kind of I think probably just maybe just being a bit championship rusty and that but uh, um, but look once we kind of got going you know we kind of we closed out the game very well um, you know so I was kind of happy with that yeah he was fantastic like he won a, he won a ball over on, on, on the far side there towards the end of the game you know he just rose up and caught it and you know real, real leader on the pitch you know uh, which is what you'd expect from him as well yeah look it, it's a good boost for the club looking it's a good boost for hurlers going into the, the Glen next weekend you know look we might talk about that but, uh, uh, but look it's great you know look and it does give you a bit of breathing space you know uh, and it just gives you you know it, it kind of takes a bit of pressure off you know like uh, you know losing your first game you're always on your back foot and can't afford to lose a second game you know so uh, it just takes that bit of pressure off and we have a bit of time as well with the hurling you know so just look hopefully our hurlers get through without many major injuries you know like we don't uh, want to ever repeat it last year either like so uh, so we'll hope the next two weeks will go well for us as well he held Balancholic to one point in the second half so I see that fitness and that work showed that obviously how much work he did during the lockdown study in that second half yeah look to be fair the lads were very committed to the, the programme that Kevin Healy put out for us you know um, and it's really after standing to us you know we did a good um, kind of maybe four to six weeks coming into this you know with a bit of a taper uh, and I think our fitness levels were good tonight you know not outstanding obviously towards the end of the game we kind of faded a bit but you'd expect that um, but yeah really happy with the, the overall level of fitness and I how happy are you with the result considering what the last few months has been like for the club oh jeez it had taken a point win it had taken any win you know uh, looking even that kind of I suppose we could have got this jammy goal in the first half uh, but look sometimes you get the rub of the green and look 
uh, you take it. Look, the, the real critical thing coming in tonight was that you get a get a result, and uh, look, that's what we did, and we're happy with it. And it's unusual circumstances given the crowd and stuff. But just finally, how pleased are you just to be back uh, in Parky Ring watching another match? Oh, sure. Listen, look, if you said to me in March that we'd be out tonight, you know, in in, in the middle of July playing championship, I'd a bit your arm off for it, like you know. So it's fantastic, you know. Um, and look, that's look, that's what we live for, you know. You miss the games. I know there's no crowd here, like, but I know you know my kids were looking at it being streamed tonight and stuff, like. So uh, it's just great to be back, you know. Look, hopefully, if if uh, if the numbers stay down, look, maybe the crowds will get a bit bigger and, and you get a bit more atmosphere. But you know, look, when it came to the the actual match itself, look, you know, the players weren't wanting in terms of it being a championship game. You could see it, like, it meant a lot to them, and you know, it's just great to be back. That is Bars manager Paul O'Keefe uh, after the game in Porky Ring last night and their win against Balancolic uh, chatting to uh, Andrew Horgan there um, and giving his reaction and obviously happy out with that victory last night uh, getting their campaign off to a winning start uh, just to switch from one type of football to another type of football because Cork City are gearing up um, for their League of Ireland start next weekend against Bowes on Sunday of next weekend um, and they've had a few pre-season games and so on but today it is the Munster Senior Cup they're playing in um, which, uh, which is... Uh, it was going City's way and still is going City's way but not as much as it was Cork City were 2-0 up at half time uh, 2-1 in that game now uh, over in Bishopstown and Cork City um, are 2-1 up on Middleton there Middleton have pulled one goal back from a penalty in that match so 2-1 will keep you up to date on that back to Gaelic games now again and uh, elsewhere uh, Clonakilty got off to a winning start today as they won by 7 points in Bandon but it wasn't always plain sailing for them uh, Darrow Shea was on song up front he kicked 5 First half points, Clon led by nine points to three at half time, but Carrigaline came back strongly in the second half. Two points from Jack McCarthy helped them to come within two. Uh, it was ten points to eight with ten minutes left. Then Clonakilty pushed on again though, and sub David O'Regan scored a clinching goal. Afterwards, Dennis spoke to Clonakilty manager Colm O'Hearn, got his reaction. Are you happy enough in the first game? And in terms of preparation time, like you know, I suppose it's always going to be a case of the unknown until you, you see that first kind of half hour of football, like. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I we were actually very happy with what you wanted to start, I suppose, and Matt and Skelly getting injured after 20 minutes or so, yeah. you know, it's kind of got the strong team, but after that, we can last time on Minton, and, um, you know, I suppose, really the first 20 minutes, they can have Carol, you know, kind of kept from the end of the last thing, you know. Um, uh, I suppose the main thing was that you all was able to keep an arm linked, you know, that even though they were on top, you know, they, they still weren't able to fully eat into the lead. Yeah, yeah. It was just very strange, very kind of scrappy, I suppose, again. You know, first rounds are, are, are never pretty, but... Yeah. It, 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 I have to look back to it, I don't understand, lose it properly, because it was kind of a hard game to try around. Uh, and three weeks now from pair, but will some of the lesbians hurling in between? Yeah, the majority of them are hurling, you know, so it's got to be, you know, a very kind of patchy preparation. Um, because we have no as well to see where Martin Scotty is the doctor suspects he is he's done the AC so that that'd be a big, a big last you know so a lot to let's see where we have the next few days Claude Kinsey manager Colm O'Hearn um, chatting to Dennis Hurley after their game uh, they beat uh, Cargilline 112 to 8 points now there's a few games ongoing at the moment sure, and a few updates yes in the uh, 
Premier Intermediate Football Championship uh, Ahada looked like they were going to get the better of Castletown Bear into the second half there they're 11 points to 5 up and on a day um, a very a very tough day for yeah, the club course, as we mentioned yeah. earlier on with Kieran O'Connor's passing nice touch though I, I'm just seeing in front of me there as well they've, they've, they're kind of paying tribute to Kieran O'Connor by retiring the number 4 jersey yes a really nice touch and a yeah. classy touch and um, that club and what, what he meant to that club and what that club meant to him as well and, and the way the GA community not just in Ahada rallied around them I think um, over the past while I mean I can't even begin to begin begin to describe or understand how difficult it must be for their family and for his friends and extended family but look today I suppose is the first step back for the Adelaide yep. GA Club it's a step forward and they're winning and looks like they're going to come out on top um, but yeah a fantastic player and hard to believe he's gone it would be a nice day for them, for them to get a win obviously wouldn't it it would and it's, it's, it's hard to put it into context just that somebody that active somebody that important to the Cork team when they won the All-Ireland as well and somebody so well respected inside that dressing room you hear Nick Murphy you hear Graham Canty talking about him what standing he had in that dressing room and it's, I still find it hard to believe to talk about him in the past tense such a such a great guy and such a strong figure and as you say a guy who's fit and active and so young so it's tragic it really is it really is tragic and again even though I had a look like they're going to get that win and it's the first step back you know your thoughts about his family all the time like, and, and his extended family mm. just on that in this same uh, movie and just in the same Premier Intermediate Football Championship Newmarket have bested in the piercing by 2.14 to 1.6 and it's level between Glenville and Ballinora heading into the final few minutes of the Intermediate A Football Championship. Brilliant. All right. And we're going to look ahead to some of the action tomorrow now because perhaps one of the fixtures of the weekend is the Premier Senior Football Championship clash between Carberry Rangers and Castlehaven tomorrow afternoon. It's in Clonakilty. It gets underway at 2.30pm. Rory was busy during the week speaking to both managers ahead of this game and first up we're going to hear from Carberry Rangers boss Holly O'Sullivan chatting about how the club kept going during lockdown chatting about the West Cork group of death and some of their past battle, battles even with uh, Castlehaven as well Alright Holly um, I suppose you couldn't have asked for a, a tougher game to start with I guess could you? Well look we all, all the games we've had against Castlehaven over the last 7 or 8 years have been very tough and there's only been a kick of ball either way West Cork Derby and we're all looking forward to it in the circumstances we thought might not happen at all at one stage yeah, I mean, like, how has it been at the club, I suppose, in the middle of the pandemic, and how have you adapted to it? Well, look, we were trying to keep fellas going individually first, acting, then in small groups, like was as outlined in the, releg- or the regulations. And in fairness, we felt fellas brought in, brought in pretty good, and I'd say they kind of took it as, you know, for somebody to do when, when everything was locked down. Um, obviously, we had a shorter period of time than when we got back together than you normally would have to get your act together, let's say, before championship, but... Look, everybody's going to be in the same boat, and we hope it'll. We hope it, that we'll show up in the day and, and perform. I suppose you can't be too careful. We saw with Plunkett's and Ballon Scarthy and Argentine Rangers last week. What happens? I suppose yeah. it's the same with every club, I guess. Well, sure it is, and all we can do is abide by the regulations and do our best to to put those 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 regulations into into place within our own group, and hopefully everybody else will do the same, and that we'll. Have a, have a decent championship and there won't be any interruptions. Do you feel you've had enough time together as a group, though? Well, look, we were complaining every other year, I suppose, that championship was too spread out. <laughs> and now we're getting it all in one go, hopefully, you know, in, 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 a, in a shorter period of time. So players want to play games, and I think coaches want to let, play, let, let teams develop momentum. So I, I think it should work out OK, in fairness, to be honest. Um, and it's the group format this year. Are you happy with that change? Well, the group format, in fairness, actually, we've had a lot of time to to get that, you know, get that idea into our heads because you know, it, was, it, it was drawn back early in the year. But we have three West Cork teams, three West Cork derbies, three very tough matches that could go either way on day. So, look, we're looking forward to it. It's the, a proper group of death, the West Cork group of death, as we've seen being described as. 
Yeah, that's what they're describing as, yeah. But look over the years, Island Rovers beat us last year. You know, we've had very tough games at Noosa Stone. There's only been a kick of a ball between ourselves and Castlehaven over the last seven or eight years. So look, you're going to have to show up and perform in every one of those games. You had an epic win over Castlehaven last year. Do you think they'll be using that as motivation and going for revenge this year? Ah, sure, of course. And they have a new management in place as well. You know, James McCarthy and John Cleary, two, two stalwart Castlehaven men and very good coaches. So, look, they'll probably have it. You know, maybe a different setup to what they had over years, but they'll be very well prepared. Have you managed to get many challenge games in ahead of next week? Um, look, they were hard to get, obviously, because everyone was looking for them at the same time. Yeah. You know, once this opened up, the, the phone lines were hopping. But we did get a couple of games in, all right, but there was a lot of experimentation going on because you had less time to do your experimenting early in the year. Mm. So, look, hopefully we'll have it right before some week. Um, what about the panel this year? Have you managed to kind of retain everyone from last year? Uh, we we have apart from Robbie Kylie, Robbie Kylie went to Barry Raw. His brothers stay with Barry Raw, and he's he's left us this year to go and play with them. And there was a lovely piece in the Echo with Brian Hudnett um, earlier in the week. It's great to see him back uh, and playing football again, I guess. Well, he was playing football all along, and I'd say football was a huge help to him in his in his own personal battles. But look, hopefully, he seems to be in a good place at the moment, and that performances on pitch will reflect that. And there's a nice piece as well in the, the Southern Star about John Hayes heading into his 19th season, a proper stalwart to the club. Well, sure, look, John, John has been a scoring machine since he started playing back in 2002, and hopefully you know, he's, he is struggling a little bit this year with um, a couple of niggles here and there, but you know, he, he has the championship mentality, and hopefully he'll bring that again next Sunday week. And a great man to have, I'd imagine, in the dressing room for the young lads to look up to. Ah, yeah, he's highly experienced, and he's great for the likes of you know, Dow Hayes and Pat Hurley and Younger forwards coming through like Paul Hadness and JP and these boys, he's, you know, he's highly experienced and he's, he's, he's a very good uh, person for them to look up to. And um, what would be a good year for you this year, Holly? Sure, a good year. A, go- a good year any year is winning the county. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. That's what you set out to do at the start of the year and, you know, that, that, that is our overall aim. Do you feel you have the panel to do that this year? Well, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? And we'll know an awful lot after the group stage. <laughs> Certainly will. Uh, finally, Holly, um, I suppose Cork football in mourning after the death of Kieran O'Connor uh, earlier this week. Uh, very, very sad news. Ah, uh, very, very sad news. In fairness, you know, Kieran was a a, a, a stalwart for Cork for years, and I'd have played with him myself. And an unbelievable footballer for a head over the years. Myself and Pierce O'Neill were, you know, the the, the, the mainstays of their team for for ten, fifteen years. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big loss to the football community and obviously a big loss to his family and I had his year, so... All right, that's um, that is Holly O'Sullivan chatting about the, uh, the the whole situation ahead of their game tomorrow. Big game, Carby Rangers and Castlehaven tomorrow afternoon. So uh, we've heard from the Carby Rangers camp. We'll hear from the Castlehaven camp in just a second. But first, your a uh, couple of updates and results there. Yeah, just some full times there. Cullum uh, from the Premier Intermediate Football Championship had a getting that win, thirteen points to seven over Castletown Bear. Um, and in the intermediate, uh, in the same competition, Newmarket defeating the Pearsig easily, three fourteen to one six. And then in the intermediate A, a much tighter game with Ballinora and Glenville finishing 3-7 to 2-12 in Glenville or 2-12 to 3-7 in Ballinora's favour Good man, thanks Jared. nice one Alright, and we'll go back to that game so because it's a big one tomorrow Carby Rangers and Castlehaven tomorrow afternoon through 2.30 in Clonakilty we just heard from Carby boss Holly O'Sullivan now Roar is chatting with Castlehaven boss James McCarthy Oh yeah, so look everybody's looking forward to the weekend and um the last couple of weeks have been enjoyable for the lads that are back playing in the pitch and a bit of training done. And uh, so, look, I suppose that's that's the main thing, anyway, that 
people are back, players are back playing and uh, training and enjoying themselves a bit more. I imagine there was a point during the whole thing that you thought you mightn't actually get a game this year, that there mightn't be any Gaelic games this year. Well, it, it, it looked after at, at times, I suppose, but I suppose um, <clears throat> being involved in management, I suppose you have to keep giving the players hope and um, keep keep getting motivated to, you know, to keep their fitness up. So you had to keep giving them hope and uh, to be fair to the powers that be in the county board, you know, they were they, they had targets and they were they were hoping for this time of the year and thanks be to God it's after coming through so far and yeah. I suppose with the whole COVID situation we kinda of know how fragile everything is and that has to be a concern as well, I guess. Well it is, yeah, but about you have to put that to the back of your mind, I suppose, and you know, um you have to be careful of course and pay by the rules and, you know, uh, everything at training is done by the book. But um, you know, you will be hoping that everything will go well and um there'd be no breaks locally. Do you feel you've had kind of enough preparation time with the lads now ahead of Sunday or? Well, I suppose uh, maybe fitness might be a question for every club, but us as, um, <clears throat> as uh, with players involved with Cork, we never had a better preparation because we had the Cork players with us before. You'd only have them for maybe the week beforehand and they'd be after a hard season. So, you know, hopefully the boys are coming in fresh now and that we get the best out of them this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I suppose the group format as well kind of guarantees you three games. Uh, I imagine you're happy with that, are you? Oh, yeah, and from, from the start of the year, I think every club was happier with that in the format because the championship was gone stale and there was, you know, there was too many chances of coming back in maybe and, you know, a lot of, a lot of us were, you know, a lot of clubs were playing just, you know, to stay up senior and, like, there's only 12 senior teams there now and, and it's it's very competitive, like, so... Anyone can beat anyone, and especially this year, um, when you know there's no farm, you know we're just going in. There's no league played. You can say you're going well in training, but that's you just don't know until you turn up on the day. Were you able to get any challenge games in, or is it just kind of being kept in house? Or we just had a few games between ourselves, and we we had one or two challenges. But again, you know you wouldn't be pushing the boys too hard again because you you could be breaking down, and you know we want them to be playing the matches more than. You know, you you can't be pushing too hard in training. You just didn't have the time, like. What was your reaction when you saw the group? I mean, like it's been described, I suppose, as the the West Cork group of death. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's more media than anything. But saying that, it, it's great for the supporters. I know they can't go to see it, but especially some, they know they're they're able to see the game live on television, which is is a, is a big thing for West Cork football and for Cork football, I suppose, in general. But just to have two teams. From West Cork playing in a national television is mighty for promoting the sport down here. But as a guy group of deck, yeah, I suppose it could be called that because any one of the four teams can can beat each other. And as you said at the start, there we're getting three games. So if you win Sunday, that don't mean you're going through. If you lose, that don't mean you're out. So it's a it's a it's three games, and that's what you have to prepare for. And hopefully your panel is strong enough to sustain um, sustain that to the end of the, the last game. Absolutely, that is um, Castlehaven boss James McCarthy there ahead of tomorrow's game. Big, big match between Castlehaven and Carberry Rangers as the GA season gets back into full swing here in Cork. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you, and Jeremy McCarthy's with me here as well for the Big Red Bench this evening. Our first sports show in five months, uh, five months of sporting lockdown, but we're back in action. And uh, Cork City, as we switch to football, getting back into action next weekend as well, properly with the League of Ireland. Uh, returning on Friday but Cork City not playing until Sunday against Bohemians they're in action 
this afternoon a behind closed doors game over in Bishopstown um, against Middleton in the Munster Senior Cup. Now Cork City were 2-0 up at half time. Um, looked to be quite comfortable. Uh, Middleton got a goal back through a penalty. And now Middleton have equalised. It's Middleton uh, 2, Cork City 2. Middleton equalised after a long ball over the top. Caused trouble for the Cork City defence. So um, that game has about 15 minutes or so remaining in it. And it's Cork City 2, Middleton 2 in the Monster Senior Cup. We'll update more on that in a few minutes as well. Plus, we are going to hear from um, Cork City boss Neil Fenn, who I spoke to during the week ahead of the New League of Ireland season. We'll hear from returning player, I was going to say returning striker, but apparently he's returning as a centre-half. Graham Cummins, what's going on there? We'll have one more and all that for you. And we look ahead to the final day of the Premier League as well. You're on the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Yeah, it's the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Back! Our first sports show back um, for the first time in four and a half, five months, and it's good to be back. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you. Uh, Ger McCarthy here as well. Am I right saying ladies football journalist of the year, Ger? Uh, yes, uh, the defending uh, champion of that because uh, there's been very little of it so far during the year, so, uh, since last year, yeah. Should be a good year to try and retain the title, so. Looks looks promising at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> good, Matt. So Ger's here with us as well. Uh, I'll be here with you every Saturday evening, and Rory will be here with you tomorrow evening and every Sunday evening as well. With all the best sporting action we've had a feast the GAA for the first uh, 40 minutes or so of the show so we're switching to football now as I mentioned uh, Cork City in action at the moment Munster Senior Cup game it's kind of a almost a preseason game I suppose for Cork City ahead of the return of the League of Ireland next week as well and it's two all in that game uh, Cork City had laid two goals to nil um, and uh, just as I say that Middleton had got two goals back just as I say that uh, Cork City have got another goal so it's Cork City 3 Good Middleton stuff. 2 so a bit of relief for Neil Fenn there uh, Issa Cargbo getting the goal there from close range for Cork City to put City back in the lead 3-2 sounds like a cracker over in the Bishopstown Stadium behind closed doors and the League of Ireland when it returns next week will be behind closed doors as well League of Ireland action returns next Friday night there's a few games Friday there's some games Saturday uh, some games Sunday and I think possibly there might even be some games on Monday so they're spreading it out just like they did with the Premier League over in England and that is to facilitate as many people getting to watch as many games as possible if people can't go and they have a streaming service uh, called watchloi.ie was announced during the week where the RTE will be doing full coverage and production of every single League of Ireland game for the rest of the season so that's pretty cool isn't it? That's a really good and positive step for our League of Ireland football definitely because there's been very few positive headlines as you know yeah. over recent times and there's a lot of internal ranking with the FAI and just where it all sits in, in the whole ecosystem of Irish football but something like that for uh, diehard League of Ireland fans and the costing of it too I think is very reasonable Yeah it's uh, 55 euro for a subscription for the rest of the season so that would get you every, every game from every yeah. club which I think is good And if you're a League of Ireland fan if you're a fan of Cork City I think that's I think that's very reasonable considering between now and the end of the season hopefully we'll have some positive results for Cork City between here and the end of the season um, I wouldn't take too much notice I know it's not no. the, like uh, the pre-season games yeah. like, but you know, conceding two goals to Middleton isn't ideal and you know the recent games against Wexford and uh, uh, in their previous couple of games the apparently the performances haven't been great but you need to hit the ground running against Bowes and exactly. put, in a, put in a performance and just build on that yeah big game next Sunday against Bowes and, and you can watch that on the watch LOI.ie facility um, you can check that out if you want more on the streaming of the Cork City matches and the League of Ireland matches for the rest of the season so that game is ongoing I was out in the Bishopstown training ground myself during the week chatting to Cork City manager Neil Fenn chatting to some of the players and so on we'll hear in a little while from Graham Cummins who has returned to Cork City after a spell at Waterford but first I caught up with 
Neil Fenn, Cork City manager. And Cork City have had a, a difficult start to the season before lockdown. Five games in, they had lost four of those five and won just one game at home and turned us cross against Finn Harp. So a very, very disappointing start to the season. But maybe the break will turn it around and City have a big game against Bowes next Sunday, as we said. Caught up with Neil Fenn and he just thought it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it's um, good to be back out here and good seeing the players again and good seeing what physical condition they've kept themselves in over, the, over a very, very difficult period for players. So yeah, it's great to be back and looking forward to it now. How did you find it? I mean, obviously... It was totally unexpected. It was something nobody could have ever predicted for, for this to happen and for football to disappear. And football was one of the, the first casualties. Sport was shut down really, really quickly. I mean, we had the Finars game at home. There was the game away to Pats and then everything just shut down. Yeah. Um, it was, how did you find it? How did you manage that with the players? I time? suppose it was strange. I mean, when we first shut down, we, we, we were told it was going to be two weeks. So we had to, like, we didn't really think it was going to be two weeks, but we had to obviously go by the guidelines so the lads got a programme. That they went away with it, that they were going to work for two weeks or ten days or whatever, and then it, that was it. But then you know we they got extended again, so we give them another another program, and it was it was just basically trying to get a date and trying to work towards a certain date. But in the back of our minds, I think, and the players knew as well, it was it was going to be a long way off because you just saw it every day. There was different things coming out in the news, so it was difficult. Probably what made it a little bit easier was everything else was shut down. We weren't the only ones, you know. So if there was other leagues going on in the world, then you'd be itching to get back but I think most of us obviously we wanted to get back but it was a good break for for people just to, just to be at home for, for a while anyway I found it for the first bit anyway just to be at home for a bit with the kids and that was good but then you start seeing the other leagues come back Germany come back and then England about training and everything else and then you start you start missing it and you start getting there was a point there was a point where the League of Ireland was the only club in Europe that didn't have a return date so was that a bit concerning? No always well um, when you saw like Germany and Premier League yeah, even, even these like Scotland to decide they weren't going to yeah so I suppose I mean we we always thought we were going to be back because we were so early on in the season we, we didn't everything was going to be cancelled yeah. rightly so but it was just a case of us trying to get a date it was frustrating that we didn't have a date in the end because when what you know players need something to work to we needed something to work to so then when we had the end of July we kind of knew it was going to be the end of July the first week of August we kind of knew that for a long time but then we just had to bite the bullet in the end and bring the players in because other teams were training. Obviously, the four, four teams in Europe were training, and we still didn't, we still didn't have a definite start date. But we felt we had to bring them back, so we brought them back in for a week's training, and then we got the return date. The problem with that was then that the clubs in England for the two lone boys were they wanted a start date of the league when it wasn't 100% confirmed, so they could only came, come over when that was 100% confirmed. Then they had to quarantine, so it's just been a little bit stop start from that point of view, but. Everyone else who's been here has trained great, and um, the, the pre-season performances have been have been decent, and the minutes they're all getting have been good. So that's it, really. We're it's full steam ahead now. You mentioned the lads alone, and we were just chatting to Joseph. So you have Joseph Alua back. Uh, Deshaun Dowling is coming back. So they're two guys you really wanted to keep, and there was probably a bit of uncertainty if they were going to be able to come back. But you obviously thought to keep them. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to keep we wanted to keep all four of them really, but. Um, Chiron was out of contract at, at Wimbledon, so he got released. So then that was obviously a different, different dynamic altogether. That we, you know, signing him permanently was going to be difficult. Um, Joe Redmond got recalled by Birmingham, yeah. so you know that was that one ruled out. And the other two, we were delighted that they, that the clubs agreed for them to come back. So yeah, and, and once they, you know, once they've gone through the the, the quarantine period and that now they're available to play matches, it's it, well, friendly. It's, it's good for us. So. And you've had a few friendlies over the last couple of weeks. Um, I suppose the results, the results don't matter too much in these games, but it's been a mixed bag of results, some wins, some, some losses. Uh, it's just about getting the players up to speed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend not to look at 
too too much into Freddie because obviously you want to win win the it's more about performances. The Wexford performance wasn't good enough um, here. I think what was that two weeks ago? That wasn't good enough. We didn't approach it with the right mentality. But you know you, you've got to look at how hard they've worked leading up to the match. You're not preparing it like a proper league match. So the lads are working hard up right up to the game. So to get their minutes in as well. Um, obviously the, the the Manchester senior teams we've played we, we've we've played well in those games. Um, and then we didn't start well against Galway on, on Saturday for, again first 30 minutes we weren't we weren't good enough but then after that we were we were good and I felt we we should have got more goals so bits of difference to worry about it's good it's good ironing out the problems now so we know where the problems are rather than you know playing the first couple of games and having to do it so um, that's been good How do you feel about the number of games being reduced obviously it was a 36 game season down to an 18 game season that is 13 games now left for Cork City this season and five games played is this would it be more beneficial to see to have more games to play do you think after, after having a, a kind of a poor start yeah I think I mean it, I can I can get every side's argument it's, there's, there was no easy I just wish they would have made a, they would have made a decision earlier I think that they were they were messing around for so long yeah. asking everyone's opinion and every club is going to give no matter what they say they're going to try and get the best deal for, for their own club not for the best of the league so yeah. I think that just going round in circles round in circles and ended up where, we, where the first suggestion was this is a bit it was a waste of time we wasted so much time doing it but we're here now there's nothing we can do about it our preferred option doesn't matter so we're here we've got 13 games and and you know as, as people keep telling us we're near the bottom we've, we we lost this amount of games but I think, I think they tend to forget the difficult games we had not many no, that was going to be my next yeah. question you've got two of the big ones out of the way yeah not many, teams, not many teams will go to Shamrock Rovers and win let alone draw or even you know get a positive result there yeah. and, and the same with Dundalk so um, I think the other three games were pretty tight good on either way so certainly we haven't played and, and thought that we're in fear of let's face it that, that Dundalk and, and Shamrock Rovers are ahead of everybody else in, in terms of in terms of squads in terms of squad size in terms of quality of players but they've been building those squads for, for three, four, five years they've not just landed on their on their table there so we know what we've got to do we're, we're building again building squads again so we know we're not going to compete with those two teams so our competitors or everyone else we've played and I think 1-0 defeat to Shelbourne or 1-0 with Finn Harps and a 1-0 defeat to Pats were very close games yeah. it could have gone either way so um, certainly, I'm certainly not panicking and we're certainly not worried about about looking down we're more focused on, on getting some results and going up the league Bowles is the first game obviously Bowles are always tough opponents and uh, in turn across you wonder like is there any home advantage I've been wondering this watching the Premier League games is it gone without the fans yeah I mean Ideally, you'd have a packed Turner's Cross yeah. and, and it would intimidate any away away player. The only the only positive would be is that it's a little bit of um, a little bit of discomfort travelling now with yeah. and, and the and the restrictions in travel and the restrictions and everything else that the away teams will have to do. Um, but obviously, we'll have to do that when we go away, so it evens itself out. But no, I think that it's been shown in the Premier League and, and other leagues that the home advantage is, is completely wiped out. Um, and and the quality of play um, shines through most of the time in, in the matches so hopefully that we can we can show the quality we've got and, and, and be those who are a very good team very well organised lots of young hungry players and um, keeps them really well organised and, and playing well when you get the fans in turn us across I mean, it's going to be strange I think we've kind of become accustomed in the last few weeks watching on telly with the Premier League and so on no fans being there but even the Liverpool game was strange last night the celebrations yeah um, I mean, and, and there was a great atmosphere at the, the last home game the Finn Harps game yeah. so that'll be missed sure. we miss it yeah massively I mean there's nothing you know nothing beats getting, a, getting the result and scoring goal in front of the shed nothing can beat that and we did that against Finnup so yeah it, would, it will be strange but I mean it is I hate saying it is what it is but you know it we, is have, to, we yeah. have to get on with it it's not 
there's nothing we can do about it to change it. We just we just need to make sure that we approach the game with the right frame of mind, play at the right tempo, and 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 kind of put aside the fact that there's no one there. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a strange one. But I mean, the players, you know, the, the better players will be able to get off the matches, and, and regardless of if it's a training game or if it's a match, players, the competitive side of you will come out. And, and if you're if you're that, if you're a competitive type player and you're you, you, you give hundred percent training and you'll be used to this. It's the players who who need the crowd behind them and need a little bit of and need a little bit of a push on it that will struggle a little bit. I'd say, but um, hopefully we haven't got we haven't got many. That's <laughs> funny. You have two lads coming back who um, who left, I suppose, at the start of the season. Uh, Graham Cummins and Kevin O'Connor. So you've obviously looked and decided you need some experience and you've decided to bring them back in. Yeah, that's exactly. It. I mean, at the start of the year when you've got thirty six games plus cups. You can bring in. You're trying to develop players as well. You're trying to you're trying to give young players a chance to have been at the club, and you're hoping that over the course of the season you'll get better if you work with them enough. You'll get better and you'll improve the players and improve the results. Which I felt, like I said earlier, we, we you know we've got to take aside the the Rose and Dundalk games. The other games were quite close. So I felt we were getting better. We you know obviously beating Finn Harps here and then losing one away to Pats was very very tight. Could have been either way. So I felt we were getting better. And the mistakes we've made against. Rose and, and Dundalk we, we kind of ironed about we thought and we weren't making the same mistakes so for us we, we were seeing it and better we were looking forward at the next few games thinking we could pick up points and, and move up the table but obviously now it's 13 games um, and the, the, the focus has shifted a little bit to just ensure that we've got the right people in the right bodies in and the right um, the right characters in because we haven't got time to get off to a slow start you know we need to hit the ground running and start picking up results early and you can't really. I don't really want to gamble out on a young player if if I don't feel that they're ready for it. So bringing in a few. That's Neil Fenn, Cork City manager, speaking ahead of the new season. Cork City against Bowes next Sunday. At the moment, Cork City in action. It's in injury time there against Middleton and Munster Senior Cup. Still Cork City three. And as they say that, it's full time. Cork City three, Middleton two. So Cork City progress in the Munster Senior Cup in that game as well. And um, that that that's them ready now, pretty much for next week for the game against Bowes. Uh, we mentioned with Neil Neil Fenn there the return of some players such as Kevin O'Connor and Graham Cummins we'll hear from Kevin O'Connor on the show tomorrow night but right now we will hear from Graham Cummins who uh, is into his third spell at Cork City he had a spell at Cork City before going over to play in the UK he came back uh, after quite a few years played with City for the past couple of seasons and then left to play with Waterford this season and also had a uh, loan spell away to uh, Shamrock Rovers as well so Graham said he was happy out to be back Thanks very much. Delighted to be back. Um, yeah, third time. Hopefully, third time lucky. And uh, like I said, hopefully, um, when the season comes around again, that uh, we can kind of get recapture what I did in the first spell, really, would be and get good times back to the club. Um, obviously, you were to Waterford for the last few months, a few months with Shamrock Rovers before that. You've moved around a bit in the past 12 months, but what was the, the motivation to get you back to Cork City? I will I'm a Cork lad, like, so I never wanted to leave in the first place. That kind of way, um, when I went up to Rovers, it was a different experience, but I knew kind of the moment I went up there was kind of a decision probably I, I regretted. I would have been better staying at Cork. I enjoyed playing with Cork. My family's down in Cork, and like, I remember speaking to some of the Rovers lads, and they fully understood. I said, it doesn't mean as much to me winning with a Dublin yeah. club or not your home club. It, it really does. It. Like, it's, it's a weird feeling, but you win games and you just uh, win a game of football, but when you win with your hometown club, it, yeah, you feel pride and stuff like that, and it's, it's not just you, like my dad's a season ticket holder and all that, like, so it's, you're winning for your family, where when you're winning with Rovers, I can even remember the Rovers and Cork 
Cork City game my dad was going for Cork City like so I kind of told me everything I needed to tell so it's great to be back like, now It was a difficult few months for people involved in the game of football in general I suppose a lot of uncertainty you had that uncertainty with Waterford you didn't know when the League of Ireland was returning you didn't know if you were going to be playing for Waterford where you were going to go so what was in your mind during that period? Um Jesus, it's tough. It was tough because you didn't know if the league was coming back, and you didn't know if you were keeping training for next February or what. Um, if I've said it in the past, I didn't think the league would come back. And credit to everyone that worked hard to get it back on, and even if that just means thirteen games remaining, then that's better than nothing. Um, in my mind, it was about keeping fit again. Like just probably done. Like I said, it was not doing the right training because I had no one really monitoring me I think Waterford when we first kind of went off they gave us a programme for two weeks and after that it was gone and then I kind of think when you're a player and clubs stop giving you things to go off then you kind of think like well this isn't coming back because we don't have the proper sessions so um, then when the momentum kind of built up again about getting it back I still still kind of on and off I mean some weeks the league was going ahead and then the objection the following week so I was kind of thinking I remember going into my wife saying oh it looks like I'll be back and then two days later saying I don't think we'll be back and it was it was mentally tough like that but certainly when it got to go ahead you get you get that bit of buzz then again that you're getting back to what you do for a living and I think everyone in the world is like that I think everyone when they were out of work when they realised they could go back and do what they're meant to do you get that buzz and you get that Alright that's Graham Cummins there back at Cork City um, and uh, possibly going to be playing at centre half uh, having been a striker at Cork City all throughout his career where any time he's played for City so it's, it's, it's an interesting development if nothing else uh, Stevie G on the way for you very soon it's Colm O'Sullivan here on the big Red Bench along with Jeremy McCarthy this evening and uh, just before we finish up a quick word about the Premier League tomorrow and we might as well bring Stevie G in on this as a big big Manchester United fan uh, as well because um, it's it's all about the top four really and United Steve since uh, prior to lockdown I suppose um, I mean uh, they, they've had a they've had a great run apart from one or two recent results but they're, they're in they're in prime position now to get the Champions League but I had the Leicester game tomorrow aren't they what do you think I thought you were going to ask me about Cork City <laughs> Did that as well. then, I, then I thought you were going to put me on the spot about Liverpool or Leeds or something. So. Uh, preferred Cork City. Yeah, it seems to be tight. I've uh, been watching it, obviously, like everyone. Like even Graham was saying there and Neil Fenn. Everyone's just been, any games that have been on, yeah. now we've been going crazy. Like uh, I've even watched the Belarus League there about, about six or seven weeks ago. <laughs> Anything um, to do with that stage. But yeah, yeah but United are tricky. They're a, bit, uh, they're a bit all over the shop, to be honest. So you wouldn't know which one's going to turn up. Same for Chelsea, yeah. uh, who have, who've got a tricky game. But uh, if you don't, if you don't beat or if you don't draw against Leicester, I don't think you deserve to be in a Champions League like Leicester. Yeah. Could, but come on, like United have better resources and all that. So that's the way, they're that's nicely the primed. I mean, they've made some nice signings with Fernandez and so on. You'd hope they'd, they'd probably strengthen again in the off season. So it, it would be good for Solskjaer to get the Champions League, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think he'd be still here this long. Uh, yeah. If you told me five or six months ago <laughs> he was still here, so he's turned it around a little bit. But um, Fernandez is a big, big signing. But they need they need a couple more. I mean. Liverpool and City are way out ahead at the moment, you know. Absolutely. And as a United fan, Steve, um, how, how galling were the Liverpool celebrations? <laughs> to be honest, I turned it off. I was happy they won the 
game, I just turned it off. But they, they deserve it. She's been 30 years. Uh, but more importantly, hopefully, you know, City will turn their season around as Absolutely, well. And I mean, yeah. Cork City, don't mind Man City. Yeah, don't mind Man City. Um, and because uh, uh, it's going to be good, you know, it's good to have it all back. And there's a game just next door at the moment. And the buzz is back. The buzz is back. Stevie G's on the way for you in a few minutes. Thanks a million to Jer for joining me tonight as well. Thanks, Jer. Uh, who, who do you want to see get the top four tomorrow? Uh, none of them, to be quite none honest. None of them. It's not going to be Spurs, no matter what happens. Yeah, to. and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so will it be United? Will it be Chelsea? Will it be Leicester? It'll be two of those three teams. And we'll know the answer by the time the Big Red Bench is back on air tomorrow evening from 6 o'clock. It's Rory in the hot seat tomorrow night. I'll be back on air here in Corex Red FM from 2pm tomorrow. I'll chat to you then. Stevie D on the way. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. Make-